Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Crash, Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd, and creative wizard. This is episode 335, recorded on Monday the 21st of September 2020 at 1744.52. Hello again, I am back, finally. This is actually the second taping of this episode. Because the last time I tried this, I sounded utterly miserable. I do feel a little dishonest recording it again. Perhaps I should have left it as it is, but I did think to try again and at least fake being slightly less depressed. I think this is only the second time I have had to re-record an episode. Might have been more than that. Maybe there was a recording fault on another one, but I do it very, very rarely. Let's hope I do a better job this time. And the reason I'm doing that again, as I said, was because last time I sounded a little bit depressed, because I'm having a bit of a time. There are so many things that have happened, and they all sound fairly trivial, but when you add them all up, it was just a bit too much for me to cope. It really started with the medication that I take long-term being discontinued. I think I told you about that before. Um, I'm in the same boat as many people in the UK. I take an antiacid called ranitidine, which is a specialised antiacid. You can get it without a prescription, it can get a bit expensive. But anyway, this was recalled, and I was given a different prescription, something I've tried to wean myself off, and I've tried now for months, and it isn't working. And if you have severe stomach acid problems, you'll understand how terrible that can be. It can lead to all sorts of pain in other places, and you can't sleep, you can't concentrate, you can't do anything. On top of that, I had so many other things on my plate. Car problems, kitchen problems, fridge problems, me problems. And then the final straw, I think, was when my reading slash computer slash podcast show notes writing glasses <laughs> broke yeah that was it that just led me to thinking about a lot of other things that aren't going so well not to do with the kitchen the fridge the glasses but other more fundamental things like not doing well in other aspects of health professionally personally including writing, working. I'm still single. Nothing has changed much in more than a decade. And yeah, literally nothing seems to be working. I get up in the morning and I just think, what do I try to fix first? And then I think, when I fix that, what else will be new to fix? Because then that will be broken as well. It's a long list. And I'm so tired. I perhaps need a holiday, which is something I haven't done for a very long time. But, of course, a holiday won't solve those problems. At the very least, I need a rest. And, yeah, like I said, stomach acid, no rest. And anyway, that holiday thing, great idea in theory. In reality, no money to do it. For those reasons, and many other reasons, and reasons I perhaps shouldn't go into here, because this will end up as just a moaning pod. Well, it already is kind of a moaning pod, but even more so. That's the reason for the delay. This also meant that there wasn't a hope that I could manage to get the new Doctor Who episode out, because that required more research than... I could manage, and it also requires that I sound more happy than usual. But I'm back today for this episode, because if I delayed any longer, 
even the items in this All Things Geek episode would be irrelevant. I didn't want to let that go to waste. That's a really long string of stuff. It, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to sound a bit happier as I move on to the next topic, but I'll whiz through them. Because now looking at them, again, some of these topics are funny, but they're only funny if they're delivered in a comedic manner. Oh god, I'm dissecting my own comedy now. Let's move on. Fast food. I live dangerously near a KFC and I have been craving KFC because that's the sort of thing you do when you're not feeling so great. Although now that I say that, and now that I even think about what I've written, my stomach acid today is so bad that this item is ridiculous. I, right at this moment, I am not craving KFC, but there have been occasions recently, at least when I started writing these notes, when I was craving those things, and it is a drive through and my question is, can you pedal through a drive through on your bicycle? Which, by the way, has just been mended, but we'll get on to that later. Can you walk through a drive through if you don't have a car or a bicycle? As I read these notes, do you know what? I already know the answer. Maybe it's inspiration through stomach acid eating into my brain stem. I now know what that answer is. Something has triggered a memory, and I think I've done this before. I have travelled so much, well, before these last few 20 years. I do know the answer. I have walked through a drive-through before, I think. It wasn't that great, because if you've ever used that drive-through radio thingy, intercom, you can barely make out what anyone is saying, and the person on the end, it seems, can also barely make out what the customer is saying. I don't know whether it's in this country, or Canada, or the US, not sure. But it seems like the kind of silly, eccentric thing I would do. And yeah, you can do that. You just look like a bit of an idiot, and I don't know, for some unknown reason, it seems to irritate car drivers. I have been contemplating doing that before today. <laughs> Not so much today, like I said, don't feel so well. That's the solution then. If you live very near fast food, just get horrendous nausea then you won't feel like fast food, and you'll be fine. And junk food therapy will not work for you. Which apparently is a good thing, but right now it doesn't feel like a good thing. And can you hear that? I'm croaking up. That's to do with the acid. <coughs> I have only ever met one person with as severe acid as mine. And unless you know what that's like, you will just write that off as, oh yeah, you know what, just take some over-the-counter Tums or something. No, no, no. If you have acid this bad, you can end up in casualty, which is what happened to me. Ah, oh, okay. Enough complaining. Moving on. Humane spider traps. I use a jar and a piece of paper, a typical kind of thing to remove insects and particularly spiders from the abode of Roy and I am preternaturally good at doing this but not so much lately I don't know it's whether to do with my general ill health and don't know but I have inadvertently and horrendously caused the death and injury of two spiders I definitely need a new method. Because the jar method, yeah, it works, but suppose the spider's in a corner, you can injure their legs, or you can miss them all together, and panic, and try and catch them, and then end up killing them. It's a nightmare, and 
I really, really hate killing things. I saw online spider vacuums. <laughs> it's like a little lightsaber thing that is a small vacuum cleaner. It sucks spiders up into this tube. I've heard mixed reviews on them, whether they work or not. Please, if you have a humane way of me trapping a spider so I can safely transport it to the garden, please tell me what that is. Although, as you'll find out later, uh, yeah, we'll get onto that. <laughs> we'll get onto my calls to action a bit later. Okay, let's go into the show now, move away from pre-show waffle and talk about culture. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about, oh thank god, something that isn't terrible, Dune. I think the trailer looks cool. I have already talked about how I think Timothy Chalamet is a really good actor. How old is he? <laughs> anyway, he certainly looks younger than Kyle MacLachlan from the David Lynch movie. Yeah, that trailer looks good. My one quibble is I'm not really convinced that Josh Brolin should play a tough guy. Yeah, he did play Thanos, but that was with the help of CGI. And I have never seen him as a tough guy. I do not understand why he keeps being cast in those roles. This is a problem because the character he plays is not that minor a character. It is the legendary bodyguard of the Atreides, Gurney Halleck. Who is one of my favourite characters. He is a character who worked himself out of the Harkonnen slave pits. I can't remember, it's been a long time since I've read the novel, but he was kind of rescued by the Atreides from the Harkonnen slave pits. He has an interesting scar on his face that has never stopped giving him pain, and he plays something that looks like a really complicated lute called a balisette. He's just a cool dude. And now I have to see him played by Josh Brolin. Sorry, Josh, man. You're not Gurney Halleck. In the David Lynch film, he was played by Patrick Stewart, who did a better job, but still didn't quite hit the mark. Uh, there was another guy who played him in the Hallmark TV series. Again, not quite right, but both of those actors did a better job from what I could see than Josh Brolin. Hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know. I've never seen Josh Brolin play a tough guy in a movie and found it convincing. Enough of dissing Josh Brolin and moving on to Dune. I am, as you can probably hear, a fan of Dune. I'm also a fan of the novel Dune Messiah, the second Dune novel. I'm okay-ish with Children of Dune, but I definitely started drifting away from the original novels written by Frank Herbert himself at God Emperor of Dune and Heretics of Dune. And I'm not even sure I started the last Frank Herbert Dune novel, which was Chapter House Dune. I may have read the first few pages and then just not bothered. So I'm definitely a fan of the books, at least the first few. And as someone who has read the first book a few times, and I think Dune Messiah maybe twice, and Children of Dune once, I'm there, I'm in the zone. I am looking forward to this film adaptation. The trailers look fine, though I have heard they are only for the first half of the first book. The point I'm making is I'm a captive audience and I will be watching this. 
although whether I watch it at the cinema or not is another issue that we've talked about often enough. Probably not, unless there is a COVID-19 vaccine. My mother is new to the franchise. I showed her the trailer, and she is also looking forward to it. But back to her being new to the franchise. First, I should prefix this bit by saying my mum enjoys the usual airport pot boiler from Dan Brown, or more female-oriented fiction, although I'm sure men also read the odd Maeve Binchy or a Sue Grafton. And she also enjoys genre fiction. And this is a bit where we stray a bit from what is normal, or what is thought of as normal for a female reader, which is a terrible stereotype. But it is interesting. I thought I'd share this with you. I may have mentioned this before as well. My mum also enjoys the ultra-violent sword-and-sorcery cane novels of Carl Edward Wagner. Anyway, getting back to Dune. On my recommendation, she started the first book and is gradually making her way through it. And she tells me her favourite character is Jessica. Considering she's only a hundred or so pages in, when I showed her the trailer for this new movie, the David Lynch movie, and the Hallmark TV series, she is fully signed up to seeing this new film. She also has shown an interest in seeing the Hallmark TV series as well. So that's interesting. If you wanted a perspective for a new fan of the series, if that's fair to say, after 100 pages, there you are. I showed her the trailers in the proper order, because I'm a nerd. I showed her the David Lynch trailer first, the Hallmark trailer second, and then this trailer last, and she does like all of them, but she particularly favours this new film and also the Hallmark series. I really hope, then, that the COVID-19 crisis is over so I can go and see this new film with my mum. That would be really great. I don't think we've seen a film together for many, many years. And she is, after all, the person who took me to see the first Star Wars film. Okay, enough nattering about Danny Villeneuve's Dune. I hope he does a good job from the trailers. I'm guessing that might be the case. But I've been wrong before. Don't disappoint me, Villeneuve. And that's all really on the cultural front I wanted to talk about this week. Let's move on to technology now. I tried a few new things this week. I tried freecodecamp.org which is a non-profit organisation offering free courses in coding for people who want to be full-stack web developers. It unfortunately didn't really suit me because, first of all, it required that you had a Git account and understand how to use it. As someone who's a back-end boy... <laughs> I've made this joke before. Uh, someone who does scripting and coding behind the scenes, not really at the GUI end, but the strange wizardry that makes things run. And a minor game developer. This stuff isn't really that useful for me, unless I suppose I wanted to make web games, which I don't. But if you are looking for a way to get into web development, this might be it. Though, like I said, work out how to use Git first, get yourself a Git account, and then understand how to use it. That will make your life a lot easier. And then 
sign up for freecodecamp.org. That's all one word. I think it's great that it's a non-profit and you don't have to pay anything to get into this. Just be warned though, we're way past the dot-com boom, unfortunately, so you won't be earning the big bucks anymore. Next, Amazon Flex. I signed up for one of these freelance Amazon delivery jobs. And I should also tell you at the beginning of this item that if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know I have had many issues with Amazon. But I did not sign up as a piece of investigative journalism, but because I don't want to be broke all the time. As I told you at the top of the show, I'm just fed up with being basically left on the professional and age scrap heap at this time in my life. It's not as if I'm underqualified, you just try getting a decent job. And I thought maybe something like this would help me earn a few extra dollars. Altarian dollars. Altarian dollars? Was that from The Hitchhiker's Guide? Is that why I fixated on Altair? Hmm, don't know. Sorry, tangent. You'll also have heard at the top of the show that I'm having a few car problems. On that, more later. But the car is working. (laughs) That's the main thing. The other issue, of course, is that I've criticised Amazon heavily. And there have been revelations about how Amazon spies on people it doesn't like. So let us see how far I get. Because I signed up a few days ago, but then got a bit sick, I left it hanging. But I can tell you that the very long and protracted sign-up through the app has finally moved me on to the next stage of my online application. Like I said, it will be interesting to see whether I pass their background check which probably includes some serious social media snooping, which really shouldn't be the case when you apply for a job. But let's see how that works out. Moving on to Skype. The Skype credit ripoff, which is what I'm calling it. It cost me 19 pence, UK pence which are a bit like cents, but a bit more valuable, though at this stage probably less valuable. Oh, who knows? But anyway, it's a small amount of money. But it cost me 19 of those units to renew my Skype credit, with a four-second call that I was forced to make to another phone. And... My question is, why do I have to pay for the privilege of retaining unspent money in my own account? Why? It's just another way of getting you to spend small amounts of money. What did the Americans say? I'm being nickeled and dimed? Yeah, I'm being nickeled and dimed by Microsoft. And as I've mentioned before, I also think that... When Microsoft took over, they did not do a good job. I think the interface is rubbish. I'm just not impressed at all with what Microsoft has done with Skype or any of its acquisitions, which brings us neatly on to TikTok. Sort of, because my news (laughs) item here is getting a little stale, though I have checked a bit earlier today to bring you fully up to date. And TikTok, yes, 9to5Mac said that the Chinese government would rather shut down TikTok than sell TikTok to Microsoft or Oracle, or both. ByteDance, who are the parent company of TikTok, denied this and was reported to be trying to make a deal with the US government to avoid being banned by the idiotic tangerine. Let's go back to what I said about Microsoft. To reiterate, I don't have any confidence in Microsoft and Oracle. Look, I was trained to use Oracle, the relational database software. 
I have followed Larry Ellison's involvement in anything, and frankly, anything his company gets involved with makes it immediately uncool. I just think Allison is one of those people who just likes to stay relevant. Look, he has a product that works, Oracle. Stick to being the boring business guy, because you are not cool. Oracle is not cool. And what happens? The late breaking piece of news is, of course, Oracle are now in partnership with ByteDance. I'm not sure in what manner they are in the partnership with, whether it's just a financial investment or they actually have some kind of control of the day-to-day running of TikTok in partnership with ByteDance. I don't know. But whatever happens, it's not great. It's fairly ominous because apparently it does have the great orange oath's blessing. Oh, wonderful. Let's move on to my bicycle. Remember I was talking about pedaling through KFC? Well, I can do that now because my old KHS Manhattan Flyer, which is a 50s style retro bicycle, you know, all those swooping tubes and graceful lines, it's very, well, 50s, 50s Americana, it's that kind of shape. It's a lovely looking bike, and it is back from the bike mechanic, who didn't charge me much to get it working again, so thank you bike mechanic. And it seems to be running okay, but there are spots of rust everywhere which I really detest. Oh man, how much I don't like rust. Back to the bike, we'll get on to rusting things a bit later. I took a trip to Halfords, and you know that thing where people are saying during the COVID-19 crisis, bikes have become really popular and people are buying up biking accessories. Well, I can finally attest to that. I made a trip to Halford, nothing I needed was in stock. I have now ordered a cheap bike helmet and lights and also bought some contact cleaner, but that's the subject for another show. COVID-19 has made things in short supply, but My bike is working again. I rode it back from the bike mechanics. It seems to be okay. It does look like a very eccentric bike, and people do stare at it. I hope it doesn't get stolen. I do have a U-lock, though. Yeah, I have a bike again, and my bike helmet and lights should be ready to collect any day now. Hopefully, I collect the lot on Friday, which is the day before my birthday. Oh dear, what a time to be having this crisis of everything. While we're on the subject of wheels, we talked about bikes, now let's talk about my car. Yeah, my car's reversing sensor is broken, and because I drive a big boat of a car with pretty poor visibility, it's a PT Cruiser, you think I like American-shaped things? Probably. But yeah, that is broken, so I have to be very, very careful reversing now. According to YouTube, this might be an easy fix, though knowing my luck, it's probably a nightmare repair. I have not had time to look. I will have a look tomorrow, and fingers crossed it is not a nightmare repair, because if it is a question of getting parts for my PT Cruiser, then forget it. There aren't any parts. The only parts you can get for cars like that that have been discontinued some time back is a scrapyard or through the owner clubs. So just to let you know, if you're thinking of buying a PT Cruiser, probably don't, unless you're really dedicated to it. I mean, it is a comfortable car, but the parts are really difficult to find. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to leave this bit in. Oh getting really bad heartburn again. Which, by the way, also accounts for those recent changes in my voice. If you've listened to this podcast, you'll hear me getting a bit croaky. 
that's why. Okay, remember I said I'd talk about Rust again? Because I really hate Rust and I've got almost an obsession with hating Rust. Not only is everything I own oxidising around me, and apparently humans too oxidise and then die, that's part of ageing, which is brilliant, but the moon is also oxidising. The moon, one of my favourite space bodies, is rusting. And the reason the moon is one of my favourite space bodies is, well, when I was a bit slimmer, and it still happens. If you look at my profile, I am almost the man on the moon. Which makes a mockery of those neo-Nazis who have somehow appropriated the moon as a symbol of the KKK. Well, I'm the brown version of the moon, so let me tell you, you arseholes, you're wrong. But anyway, I... <laughs> used to be known as the man in the moon because of my C-shaped profile. Which I think is rather handsome. Well, of course I would say that. But yeah, where was I going? Yeah, the moon is rusting, according to a paper from the University of Hawaii. This is happening because of oxygen molecules that are travelling to the moon from Earth via Earth's magnetic field when the two bodies were a lot closer because the moon is slightly drifting off over the years and eventually it will leave our orbital system that we have or take up another kind of orbit. I'm not quite sure whether that will happen or whether it will just zoom off into space and have adventures like in Space 1999. Anyway, yes, the moon is rusting, and the cause of that rust is our planet Earth, so my pessimism about our planet might be fully justified. And with that fantastically positive fact, let's move on to podcasting audio quality, which I hope is better in the episode that you're listening to right now. The reason I've had issues with audio quality on many, uh, I don't like noise reduction algorithms for a start. I think it can make audio sound boxy. In ideal circumstances, it can work really well. What you do is you record just the noise floor of your rig and then sample that as a way of reducing noise in post. Unfortunately, I have lots of background noise. And the problem with that is when you have extra background noise like traffic that can't really be filtered out with a high-pass filter. And that traffic noise is quite dynamic. It goes up and down. It occupies different frequencies. What happens is if you try and get a sample of the noise floor, which will inevitably include that traffic, which I can hear right now, because it's rush hour. I just heard a siren as well. You will subtract too much noise from your final product, and what will happen is you'll sound distorted. The other algorithm that you can run, things like compression and normalization, which flattens out the highs and lows of your speech and also boosts the overall volume. My description is a clue as to why I don't like it. It is because it can reduce your dynamic range. So it isn't clear whether someone is whispering or shouting. I could use a condenser mic, but again, condenser mics need a fairly quiet environment in which they can work, and some condenser mics, like my shotgun mic, can sound a little robotic. Overall, though, there is no denying that these things can make audio sound clearer. For a long time, that is something my podcast has never been, and this is largely due to my use of a cranked dynamic mic, the Behringer XM8500. 
I will try some combination of the above tonight. Though I can tell you right now, I'm not using a preamp because I'm looking at my mixer. I have no preamp plugged in between my XLR and my mixer. I am not using a condenser mic tonight because that would be a nightmare from the traffic behind me. All I can really do is edit out clicks and mouth noises and perhaps boost the overall volume. I'll try and use a compression and normalization algorithm that I have used before called the Levelator. We'll see if the audio is any better. I hope that it is. I would say, tell me how it sounds, but as you will hear later, that is probably futile. And I've alluded to something about <laughs> chatting to my audience before, but we'll get onto that in a moment. I don't even know why I'm laughing, because it's not that funny. Also, I'm trying to make room to keep my raw audio files, which is something I've never done before, which is complete madness. In case in future I want to redress some previous audio blunders, of which there are many. Okay, as if you didn't know, we are in the creative section because I was talking about audio quality. Let's move on to music and just a brief one about my ukulele and my guitars and stuff. I have been having problems again with my baritone ukulele. I have a cheap caramel brand baritone ukulele which is frequently advertised on Amazon and eBay and it has let me down again which is a pity because it's a fairly nice ukulele let down with really quality control issues which seems like a terrible waste of resources. You make this beautiful thing and then somewhere along the production line some idiot who's fitting the components, in this case the pickup and the preamp and now the tuners and yeah it refuses to stay in tune. But I thought, there's enough landfill as it is, and wouldn't it be strange if one day in the future a strata of ukuleles was formed within the Earth's crust, a bit like that layer of shoes within a stratigraphical context. In The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the original radio show, which is the best you're a fan. If you haven't listened to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, please go and listen to it. Look for the radio show, the original 1970s radio show. It is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, my baritone ukulele is letting me down, and I now, after having replaced the dead-on-arrival pickup and preamp system in the baritone, I now have to change the tuning machines. And I've ordered those, although they seem to be taking their sweet time getting here. I have replaced tuning machines before on my first ukulele, a Soprano Makala Dolphin. I did that a few years ago. I think I talked about it in the podcast. But yeah, I'm trying to preserve my instruments rather than needlessly adding to landfill. While we're still on the subject of music, let's move on to a guitar pedal that I bought, and that's an octave guitar pedal. It's called the Never, which if you listen to is it the last podcast or the podcast before that, I said that I lived in the Nether regions, which I do, and wouldn't it be cool if TC Electronic called it the Nether regions? although they were probably worried about insulting the Netherlands, which could also be called the Nether Regions. Or you know what else they could have called it? Because this pedal is called just the Nether pedal, they should have called it the Nethers, because that sounds a lot more doomy. It is an octave pedal that pitch shifts 
your instrument down one or two octaves and also has a little knob that enables you to mix in your dry signal with the wet signal from this pedal and fatten everything up. Okay, I'm not going to talk too much about this because you might be pulling out your hair if you're not really into music. And look, I know I'm a ukulele player. What am I doing with rocky guitar pedals? Well, I'm also a frustrated rock star, which is why I have a, <laughs> a Proco Rat clone pedal. Anyway, back to this guitar pedal. It was cheap. It was £30 UK. I had some reservations as TC Electronic are now part of Behringer, and yet I'm talking through a Behringer mic, which I quite like, but it's not the best. And I've owned other Behringer things before. I've owned a bass guitar app that caught fire. So Behringer is a company I have mixed feelings about. I am dubious, I'm sceptical about them, but it actually seemed to work. And it even worked polyphonically. That means I could not only pick out individual notes down an octave, I could also play chords and they would also play correctly, which sometimes is a problem with these pitch shifter pedals. If you are thinking of buying some kind of pitch shifter, anyone with more money would be better off buying something like Electroharmonics Pitchfork that has supposedly higher quality sound, and it appears that that is the case, at least according to YouTube videos that I've watched. So I can't tell for sure, I haven't tried it out myself, but it seems to sound better. And it also goes a further octave, it goes three octaves, and not only that, it goes three octaves down and three octaves up. And it does a couple of other cool things too, but while mine costs £30, this one costs £150. If you're a fan of a band called Royal Blood, the bassist in Royal Blood, Mike Kerr, uses its even more expensive brother, the Electroharmonics Pog, so if it works for him, it would probably work for you. But I'm sticking to my cheap downshifter pedal for the time being, because I'm really only playing my ukuleles, and I wanted to get into a guitar octave, and also I've always wanted to play a bass 6 type guitar, so that's what I'm doing when I plug it into my Stratocaster. I can play a bass 6, like Robert Smith of The Cure. I have talked far too much about music type stuff, and I'm not sure if any of you are budding rock stars out there, let me know, though, yeah, I will get back to that in a moment. Let's move on to other creative matters, and that is a paperback version of my novel. I am reproofreading my novel, The Horus Box, a thriller, which you would like, and I strongly suggest that you go out and read it. I keep getting ahead of myself, I'm going to talk about that later. I am planning to also have it proofread by an outside editor, which is not cheap, on my way to having it turned into a paperback version of the book. The reason I want to do that, and this is something I've been planning since the end of last September, is I wanted to walk around with a suitcase full of books and hit conventions and bookshops with a few copies in hand. I have heard this is a technique that has worked for other authors, but the virus put a crimp in my plans. My major worry with this plan is that very few people have ever bought or even read anything I have published as an ebook. That is the depressing news. I have seen my sales figures and they are appalling. What I'm always asking myself, therefore, is why am I doing this? Well, the answer is I don't really know, but I don't know what else to do as a self-published author. I did try the traditional route. No one was interested in publishing my book. They apparently did not love it. 
although they loved anything written by a celebrity, even if it was ghost-written. What a surprise. As you can hear, I'm fairly cynical about the whole publishing business, which is a pity I have all these stories in me that I want to write down that I have been writing. But I have no confidence they'll ever find an audience. If you are a creative, my sympathies are with you. I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, I really don't know what to tell you. I hope that your experience is better than mine. Good luck. I'm fairly sure that you won't hear what I'm telling you now in other podcasts. They tend to be all bright and shiny and never really talk about the reality of creating art, which is insanely difficult to do, but almost impossible to get recognition for, which does bring us on to my final topic of the show, and that is regarding the writing, the show, and the whole creative thing. I have saved the worst for last. Let's start off with a podcast. I've been asking myself lately, since I haven't been feeling great, is this show worth doing? I've seen the evidence of other shows that have just thrown in the towel, and I'm fairly certain anyone else in my position would have thrown in the towel after eight years. Lack of any feedback. Lack of chat. Despite the fact that I've put all these things in place, or any form of engagement is extremely discouraging. Ironically, a year ago or so, I remember telling another more successful podcaster than myself, another tech podcaster, to keep their chin up despite lack of feedback. Now, I'm in the same pickle. This isn't the first time i felt like this, but when I've been feeling physically ill as well, and dealing with a lot of other stresses and just feeling down generally, unsurprisingly. Look how COVID has left us and we're heading towards another lockdown. It has made me think strongly about this. Art in general and, of course, podcasts exist because they have an audience. I don't put out requests for feedback because I'm needy. (laughs) That could be a whole different thing in a whole different podcast. (laughs) won't even go into the personals of that. But in my podcast, I don't do that because I just need to hear other people. I do that because interaction is necessary for me to both quantify the value of what I'm doing and to cater to what you want to hear. And if I'm not hearing any of that feedback, or I'm not corresponding with any of you, then I get the feeling you don't really want to hear anything. Which, of course, is a possibility. Maybe this podcast is terrible, you don't want to listen to it, you don't want to listen to me. That's actually (laughs) what I'm starting to think. Well, that's actually what I'm convinced of lately. The other thing that irritates me no end is that most of my social media followers are silent. The reason for my presence on social media is mostly, though not exclusively, to promote my podcast and my books. I do obviously tweet quite a lot of personal things as well. And really what annoys me about this lack of response is I'm guessing that they don't follow me for any of those reasons, whether it's personal or professional, because I'm promoting my book or podcast. And I have to ask myself, why am I being followed on social media at all? It's certainly not so that people can appreciate my photos of food or whatever thing that I'm tweeting at the moment. I'm letting you know all this. I'm letting you know how I feel 
in case you're wondering in future why a sudden absence of new episodes in the feed, in addition to the current delays, which you have already experienced. Generally, optimistically, I'm still planning two shows a week, and I did manage to MacGyver my glasses, which I'm wearing at the moment, into semi-functioning with the use of a paper clip and scotch tape. And also, you're listening to this episode not only because I've managed to fix my glasses temporarily, but because I made a ridiculous, absolutely stupendous, you would not believe what an effort it was to tape this episode. I just want to tell you that I'm on extremely wobbly ground at the moment. And there you are. I've said it all. There isn't anything left to say except if you are a listener. Thanks for listening. But maybe actually tell me you like the show or something I've written by sending me an email or a direct message. That way, I'll know my creative endeavours are worth pursuing. And if you hear any other creative or artist talking like this, or even not talking like this, if there's something you like, tell that person that you like that thing. Don't just assume it. And that's it, really. I don't really have anything more to say. Like I said, I do hope that I'll still be around podcasting, but my motivation is fairly damn low at the moment. Okay, that's it. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend or an enemy. You can tip me a few galactic credits very easily by going to my website and clicking support. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, with three R's, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This was episode... 335 recorded on Monday the 21st of September 2020 and the time at the end of the show is 18.50.06 and for the terminally curious the uptime reading on my computer is 140 hours thanks for listening thanks for continuing to listen thanks if you are a new listener And bye-bye for now. Bye.